Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, May 2nd edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Busy show today at 12.15. We'll be joined by Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in D.C., and he'll discuss the commander's draft picks this year. Interesting, intriguing pick there to start the first round, or fifth round, excuse me, as they uh, drafted Sam Howell, quarterback out of UNC, who at once uh, last year had plus 225 odds to be the number one pick this year and fell to the fifth round. And honestly, I am all for that pick. Uh, as you said, it. He thought, or uh, people thought that he was going to be one of the top quarterbacks uh, picked come the beginning of the uh, college football season. He kind of fell, and it it could be a steal. Will he get playing time? Probably not, but could he be a reliable backup or maybe even a third string? Because everybody knows that Washington, you know, gets injuries with quarterbacks. It's just a given. And when you have an injury prone starter now, that it seems like. Carson Wentz, so him getting drafted by Washington might be a pretty smart pick. Yeah, we'll get into more drafts with him, or we'll get into the commander's draft with him, and then after that we'll get into the Ravens and the Steelers and uh, just kind of the best among the NFL. We'll talk about a local guy from Martinsburg, West Virginia, that was selected in the draft later in the show. But uh, let's start talking about high school baseball. Uh Martinsburg fell to Musselman. Musselman came out and completely dominated on Friday night. 7-1 to one victory. Uh, Dylan Stevens on the mound going six and a third innings, allowing two hits, one run, and striking out 11 guys for the Appleman. Uh, it's a pretty dominating performance. Yeah, he's been good all year for Musselman and, and continued to pitch well and give his, chance, his team a chance to win, but I think uh, what really helped the Appleman was the early offense, the pressure they put on Martinsburg's defense throughout the ball game. Uh, even though Caleb Edwards went the majority of the innings on the mound, um, you know, he struggled really for the first time all season uh, to get outs when they needed him to. Some of it was errors and stuff behind uh, the Martinsburg defense. But overall, the pressure they were just able to put on one through nine in the lineup was very impressive effort from Musselman leading to that win and uh, a really good win for them right around the right time to get a win like that over a team like Martinsburg and now they're finding themselves in the top 10 in the state and Musselman continues to get better as this season goes on but this was a hot Martinsburg team heading in and uh, definitely surprising that not so much that they lost but that they lost seven to one I think it definitely uh leaves a sour taste in your mouth if you're the Bulldogs yeah and the Appleman went on to beat Moorfield 11 to 4 on Saturday they're now 15 and 8 they play today tomorrow Wednesday and Friday uh on Wednesday they'll play Martinsburg at home and then they'll have tonight they're playing Spring Mills and then a regional game tomorrow versus Hampshire um 
So looking to play good at the right time as the vote for the region sectionals is tomorrow. Uh, Martinsburg had their doubleheader at Greenbrier East canceled due to weather. They're now 18-7. and seven. They'll host Berkeley Springs tonight. We'll have that game for you. 640 pregame show. Um, Colin, you'll be on the call for that at, with, with Martinsburg against your alma mater. Uh, just a quick little preview you got. Like 30 well, seconds. Uh, I think Martinsburg gets a uh, big bounce back tonight against Berkeley Springs, who's a two-way school that is uh, really struggling this season on the uh, Diamonds. Look for a big night pitching-wise, and if they can get their uh, bats going again like we saw before uh, the loss to uh, Musselman, I think Martinsburg will fare just fine against the Indians. All right, there you go. There's your quick preview of tonight's game. Jefferson now 24-3. and They beat Pendleton County on Friday 9-2, Saturday 16-2 at Doubleday Field in Cooperstown. Uh, from what I understand, that 16-2 victory pretty good because uh, they didn't have a lot of their regular guys. They actually traveled back home because it was prom on Saturday night. Uh, so, it, so if you look at the box score, not a lot of guys in there that you would normally see. Uh, maybe the younger guys they have that are sophomores and, and maybe some juniors that decided not to go. But I do believe a lot of the seniors – uh, were not there and didn't did not play in that second game. Uh, they're back in action against Washington tonight at Washington. The Patriots now they've lost six in a row dating back to Mingo Bay as they fell six to five to Bridgeport and seven to four to Morgantown on Friday, and then eight to three to Lincoln County Saturday. Spring Mills got a big conference win over Hedgesville Big Section win four three on Friday, but they fell to Bridgeport and fell to Robert C Bird Saturday. They are now three and twenty. Hedgesville is now fifteen and twelve after three straight losses to Spring Mills, Phillip Barber, and Bridgeport. So it's pretty interesting weekend. It was a big weekend for EPAC teams playing and uh, didn't fare so well. And as you said, with that uh, big win for Musselman on Friday, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, once the vote is out after tomorrow that they could be the uh, three seed instead of a. Uh Washington, yeah, they because def- they beat Washington. Were really close to beating Jefferson last week, and just had a big win against Martinsburg. They definitely could, and you know, you look at the you talked about the rankings there, the Metro News High School Week Five rankings. Jefferson at number one, Hurricane two, Bridgeport three, Morgantown four, Martinsburg stays at five, which. I mean, if you're Martinsburg, you'll take that after that loss to Musselman. You think maybe you drop back to six. Uh, but St. Albans at six, Mid- Cabell Midland at seven, Spring Valley at eight, Huntington at nine, and Musselman at ten. Uh, receiving votes are Wheeling Park, Woodrow Wilson, Oak Hill, and Parkersburg. So Musselman jumped into the top ten with a big win over Martinsburg. Yeah, and Washington is, what, on a six-game losing streak now? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you consider that, and the recent wins for Musselman and the recent level of play they've been playing at, I think they do jump Washington, which if you would have told us that you know, a week or two ago, we would have thought, no way. We thought it was pretty much a lock, or at least I did, that it would be Jefferson, Washington, Martinsburg in some order. And now Musselman has emerged, which is... Uh, setting up for a very interesting sectional tournament. It really does, and that'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix. After this two-minute break, we'll be joined by Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. to break down the Commander's draft picks. A segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll again be joined by Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. But uh, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes.
with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valleyguns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our Defensive Handgun 2 course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valleyguns 2 will conduct this course on May 14th. All defensive courses will be held at the Training Center in Bloomery, West Virginia. To register and find out more, visit valleyguns2.com. right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway. Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix right here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We'll now welcome to the program sports talk host on 106.7 The Fan, Grant Paulson. How you doing today, Grant? I am well. Thank you so much. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Big commander's draft. They uh, dra- trade back in the first round. Uh, get Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Uh, interesting kind of move there because when they traded back, the team picked a wide receiver that everybody thought maybe the commanders would pick. Uh, but then you get a D-tackle out of Alabama, another <laughs> running back out of Alabama, some uh, safety help there with a safety in the fourth round, a tight end in the fifth round, as well as Sam Howell, a quarterback out of UN. NC and then an offensive guard and a cornerback to wrap things up. Uh, we'll kind of start with the uh, interesting pick there. That is Sam Howell. They draft a quarterback. I saw one of your tweets over the weekend. Interesting take on it. You know, he's projected to go potentially last year be a number one pick. He had plus 225 odds, I believe, and he falls 143 picks later to the commanders. Overall, what, what's your thoughts on that pick? I just thought the value was really good, and it was hard to pass up on. I mean, I was adamantly against the quarterback. Uh, anybody who's listened to my show in D.C. for the last couple of weeks knows you, you made your bed with Carson Wentz, and I think you got to sleep in it for better or worse. And I'm not telling you I love the trade or that I would have done it, but they did, and they gave up a lot. And I believe it's a multi-year commitment. I know they got to get out of jail free card after this year with Wentz if they want to use it, but you can't give up a three this year, a two next year, $28 million in cap space 
move back in the second round, planning on getting out of jail free there. So I think Wentz is going to be their starter not only for this year, but at least for two seasons. And he's under contract for three if they elect to go that route. And so I was adamantly against the quarterback, certainly in round one, primarily because I didn't like this quarterback class a lot. But then even in rounds two or three, where those guys were more, I think, a better fit and projected to go, I think you need to add football players there where you can that are going to help you in September. But when you get to round five and you're 140-plus picks into this draft and a guy who was in the conversation to go at the top of the board at the start of this year before he lost all the talent around him, he played behind a horrendous offensive line, kind of ran for his life, ran for 100 yards seven times this season, still made some plays with his arm. I think Al's a better player than a fifth-round pick. I think he's a better quarterback than you can traditionally get in the fifth round. And so for that reason, I really didn't have a problem with the pick. You know, again, I'm, I'm more leaning toward, generally speaking, drafting guys who help me. So I'd take a linebacker there, maybe that plays on special teams right away, back up on my depth chart, have Taylor Heineke as my QB, too, and I'm not sure that I would even keep three quarterbacks. But I certainly understand the logic and the thinking, and I think you got yourself your backup for at least this year. And there's upside there for him to be a, maybe a low-end starter in this league. So I think it was a value grab. First round, uh, Washington goes with Dotson, and that, from a lot of people, think it might have been a little bit of a reach. I guess, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, obviously, this team needs weapons, and it needed a number two receiver behind McLaurin. Yeah, so it was probably a reach according to the industry's kind of consensus going into the draft, and, and certainly Dotson himself said he thought he wasn't going until later in the first round. You know, it's never idea where you have Dotson saying that to the media, and then Fidarian Mathis, who they took at 47 in the second round, said he thought he was going in the third or the fourth round, which, which wasn't great to hear. Um, but specific to Dotson, look, you got a good football player to position of need after trading back. If you would have told me before round one, they're going to trade back five picks, still get a receiver who starts and plays a ton this year potentially, I'll feel real good about that. And I, I like the player. I mean, I think he's, he attacks the football in the air. He's got good hands. He runs good routes. And uh, he's – you know, he's been good for a while in a conference where he faces good competition. So I think the floor is pretty high with him. Uh, do I think they could have gotten him five or seven picks later? Probably. But really, what are five or seven picks at the end of the day if you really, really love the player? Um, my only frustration with the pick was Martin Mayhew, the GM, said in his press conference after the draft that they had as many as four offers, three that came in right at the end of the, the clock there, to move back again. And I just think they have so many needs, and, and there were so many receivers in this class that went in rounds two and three that are intriguing to me that I, I would have loved to have jumped back again. Maybe only a handful of picks and then still get Dotson, but if you can't do that, you know, maybe you get one of those second-round wide receivers like Sky Moore. So that would have been, I guess, my preference in a perfect world, but I liked what they did just fine. Who else uh, was a surprising pick to you that you think could uh, pan out well for Washington? Well, in terms of surprises, I was really surprised they went with Fidarian Mathis where they did. I wasn't surprised they went D-tackle. Remember, they created a need for themselves by letting Tim Settle sign in Buffalo with the Bills for not a whole lot of money, and then a couple days later releasing Matt Ioannidis. So that position of strength, maybe their best position that they have, became a weakness pretty quickly. And not to mention, you know, Deron Payne's going into a contract year. And I think this is his final season in Washington. I don't think they re-sign him after paying huge money to Jonathan Allen. So my guess is by this time next year, you've got no Deron Payne, no Settle, no Ioannidis. So you've got to start layering defensive tackles to help you beyond that. So it made sense to go de-tackle there. That just wasn't a guy that I'd heard in that range. So I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, he could be a fine player, though. I don't think he has a big ceiling. I don't think he's a particularly good pass rusher on the interior. 
But I think he'll be a space-eating run stuffer who you know isn't going to hurt you. you. You draft a big guy from Alabama who takes on linemen. Uh, generally speaking, you're going to get okay production. Uh, the, the guy that I'm really interested in, uh, I got two picks I really like. I guess Brian Robinson, the running back out of Alabama. I'm not a fan of drafting running backs in the third round. I would always do it later. But that's a fantastic back. That's a big, mauling, physical thumper between the tackles. And I think Antonio Gibson is kind of uh, you know more liked in the media and with fans than maybe the production dictates. I know he ran for 1,000 yards last year, but I think that was a product of him getting the ball a whole lot. Uh, he is a guy that leads yards on the field, and I think they want someone else that can carry the load a little bit on first and second down. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Brian Robinson didn't play a lot and got a lot of carries early this season, which might surprise people. And then my favorite pick of the draft for them was Cole Turner, the tight end from Nevada, because uh, I think that's where the league is trending. He's like a plus-size receiver. I don't know if he'll ever be all that good blocking in line. Um, certainly you can work at that. But I, I like guys who pre- present mismatch problems, get outside, you know, come in, it looks like you're going two, three tight ends, being physical and playing some jumbo. And then you push him outside to work on a corner or something like that. I think he'll be huge in the red zone physically, literally, and figuratively for them. Uh, and I think, you know, between he and Logan Thomas, they're going to need them to be because obviously they don't have a lot of size at wide receiver other than Cam Sims. So I really, really like that pick in the late rounds. Final question for you. I know you got to run to interview Cole Turner here in a little bit. Uh, but what do you think of drafting Percy Butler a safety at, at in the fourth round? It's a need. It's a huge need. You know, I... I don't pretend to be a scout. That wasn't a guy that I knew anything really about at Louisiana. Uh, the people I've talked to really liked him on special teams a ton. They think he's going to be immediately a, a terrific gunner. Uh, he's really physical. I'm sure you guys saw that Chris Sims, who's one of the analysts at NBC, uh, thinks this is one of the best safeties in the class. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone else has said that, so I hope Chris Sims is right. Um, but I think, you know, to get a guy with really good speed, we're talking about a 4 3 40 who's physical as hell. Like To me, they replaced DeShazer Everett, who's no longer on the roster, if nothing else. And while that might be early to do that, I mean, if you get an ace on special teams who's your third safety, you could do a lot worse than that. All right, Grant, thanks for the time. I know you got to run, and uh, have a good day, man. All right, thank you. Appreciate you. That was Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. He had to go run. He's going to interview Cole Turner for his show today, so uh, thanks to him for taking uh, 10 or so minutes to jump on with us, talk about the commander's uh, draft picks, but uh, a lot of draft picks. and Not a lot, but you know they made a lot out of what they had, Colin. Yeah, I think ultimately, even though it was two trades, the first uh, trade there at pick number 11 wound up being, I believe, four or five picks that they panned out to be in total from multiple trades so i think uh it wasn't a big draft that you're really excited about to give washington a good grade on it but i think a c is probably what i'd give washington yeah for this draft it's nothing that really gets me excited or somebody that i'm like yeah this guy's gonna make a huge impact like we had chase young at number two a couple years ago but at the same time i'm, I'm not saying man this is horrible in two years maybe not even two years all these guys are going to be gone or busts i feel like some of these guys will be there and others will just be like eh, they're waiting in the wings or eventually they're just going to go off their rookie contract and go their separate ways yeah definitely I, obviously the position of need d tackle there 
I don't know. You know, obviously he said he went earlier than he anticipated. Did Matho said, but at but the same an, time, it was a need an, that Washington created. And you get an Alabama guy, and you like you like drafting Alabama guys. Yeah, so, Alabama and Ohio State always comes to Washington. Yeah, and then uh, Brian Robinson Jr., the running back there in the third round. You know, I agree with Grant. Not you know, it's hard to take a, a running back in the third round, but I mean, you need a guy to complement Gibson and McKissick. You don't know if Patterson, the undrafted guy, will do it this year. Um, but I like that pick overall. Um, I you know I was telling you off air. I said when he was talking about the you know that safety special team safety guy is a position of need. They don't have Everett anymore, and he was their main special teamer. So I think that was a big thing to do in the fourth round um, was potentially get him for special teams depth and you know I like the Sam Howell pick because you get another quarterback in there you see what happens you have a guy who you know can do things with weapons obviously he didn't do well last year because they didn't really have a good team Mac Brown was on a a couple weeks ago I think with the Rich Eisen I heard this when they drafted him he said you know we were bad because we didn't or you know he's going to fall in the draft because we didn't have a good team he's a great player but when you don't have good tape your senior year you're not going to you know go or your you know your last year you're not going to go pretty far pretty high up in the draft tight end you know I, I know Grant said he liked the the pick there I just I guess drafting him maybe that means no Samus Reyes and then he obviously challenges John Bates there Maybe. I mean, you already have four guys on your roster, or three guys, I guess, on your roster. That would be the fourth. I don't think you keep four tight ends. I mentioned it to you whenever uh, Grant was talking there about uh, Turner, and I said that they are wanting him to be what they hoped uh, Thaddeus Moss was yeah. going to pan out to be last year. But you've got Thaddeus Moss as undrafted free agent. Right, but that's what I feel like was the role that they wanted him to be, was that big size guy to line up in that mismatch situation, not really a blocker. So we'll see what happens. And if uh, Grant's correct, which I hope he is, being a Washington fan, myself as well, that uh, Cole Turner is somebody that we can see a good bit on the field. Yeah, definitely. And then you get a guy in Chris Paul, an offensive guard there. Um, obviously, that kind of a position of need, you, you, know, you kind of only have two guys on your roster that even are – and that's one of the best guards in the NBA. Right <laughs> I, Wait, I heard so. those comparisons when I watched him getting drafted. No, you signed He's a little Norwell. small to play the offensive line. He's six four, but. but you get Norwell as your starter, and then you have Wes Schweitzer, who apparently is going to be the other starter. But you bring in a guy as a depth guy because you don't have a lot of you don't really have a lot of experienced guys coming in there on that, and then you get a cornerback in the seventh round. Uh, but I think an overall, I'd say B minus. B B minus for their for grading. Washington yeah just overall for the entire draft yeah I B, mean B minus okay. I give him a B minus because it seems like Mathis was a, a stretch it at does that seem position like, to me at least that Washington still has some holes on its roster mm-hmm. that that need addressed like not just minor things here and there I think they uh, definitely could use some upgrades in the secondary and they didn't really address that till later in the draft um, I think that they could use you know, linebacker depth as well. Yeah, I, I would agree so, with his take when he said that, that that he would have drafted a linebacker. I would have drafted a linebacker in this draft too. I'm usually in favor of not drafting necessarily for your need, but drafting best players available. And I don't really feel like they did that either. So I think it's an okay draft. I think they got some decent players, but I don't think they got anybody 
that will be a superstar necessarily. Maybe Dotson, because I think he's a tad bit underrated based on what I've seen, what I've heard. Uh, but overall, I'm leaning toward like B minus, C plus range. Yeah, I mean, I was saying B minus because I mean potential. Like even if players think they weren't drafted where they should have been, they should have been drafted lower. I think that that brings the grade down. And, you know, I've been mulling this for the last, I don't know, two days, I guess, coming up on two days. Sam Howell, quarterback in the fifth round, obviously he's there. He's on the board. You still need depth at quarterback. You don't You do. You don't know how Wentz I think it'll be Wentz, Heineke, and then Howell. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay, I'm okay with, with that, but I'm saying, like, it, if the upside is good, then you take the upside. Mm-hmm. And I think that – you know, as a guy that fell that far, obviously he didn't have a great team last year, but I think that could be a guy that maybe brings himself to get on the field. By the way, before we ramp a bow on the draft, I was talking with Nick about this earlier, and I found the answer to the question that you asked me about Texas. So Texas this year did not have a single player drafted. Did W have days. anybody drafted? I don't think they did I either. You asking that last night because I didn't but see anything. Texas, it was for the fourth time in NFL history in the second since 1937. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's a program that's been definitely on the uh, on the way down. It seems like yeah in Texas. I would, but that is that is definitely shocking because I mean, just in general, they're a Big Twelve school and they're typically one of the top programs in that conference and they at least have one or two guys that you'd think could go in the sixth or seventh round at the very minimum i mean mark marshall had a guy get drafted yeah. no wvu guys were drafted but a couple have signed after the draft who signed uh so letty brown the Who running back that yeah we were talking about he signed with uh the chargers okay and then sean mahone uh signed with jacksonville and I thought there was one more, but I don't see it. So this is it might be an old uh, one that I'm looking at. I thought I saw one more possibly sign. At least I thought I saw on Twitter, but it could have been uh, basketball that I might be thinking of. But I know those two for sure, and I can look here. So looks like you have Mahone and Brown, I think, could have been the only two. For some reason, I thought I saw a third yesterday but i guess i was incorrect there you go a local guy though uh got drafted he actually went to marshall he's from martinsburg west virginia but played his high school ball in millbrook in northern virginia right there in the winchester area nazi johnson uh gets picked the 259th pick overall going to the kansas city chiefs in the seventh round uh to get drafted in the league is you that's know, what pretty i saw. big it's a pretty big deal i know two uh other three other guys from marshall got signed on drafted free agent uh offensive or i guess center offensive lineman alex Millette signed an undrafted free agent deal with the colts will ulmer signed an undrafted free agent deal i guess he's gotten a rookie minicamp tryout excuse me with the green bay packers that's and what i saw for Corey one Ma- wvu guy Corey mccoy uh Got an undrafted free agent pickup with the Ravens. That's Nick's team. And, uh, Nick, what's your take on the Ravens draft here? Well, I think they got a ton of value. Uh, Their first four picks were all guys that could have gone the first round or could have gone higher than they did. Uh, Kyle Hamilton could have gone, you know, top 10. Linden Ball, I think, could have gone top 15. Um, Jobo, if he doesn't have the injury, I think is a first-round pick. And I think Travis Jones could have been a late 
first, early second, and they get him in the third round. So those first four picks were just really good value for Baltimore and addressed some positions of need, maybe not their top needs, until uh, Joby there is the pass rusher. Uh, they do lose Hollywood Brown, but like we said on Friday, I mean, if he wanted out, there's really not much you can do. So overall, I'm pretty happy with the Ravens draft. The middle rounds, they had some questionable picks for me, I think. Getting a punter, I don't know. I guess they're looking to move on from Sam Cook. I think he's been with the team since like 2005, so he's getting up there in age. Um, so maybe they're looking to move away from him. And then uh, they took a pair of tight ends, which is a little bit surprising, but really you look at their team behind Andrews. Boyle had that injury uh, two years ago, and he really hasn't seemed to bounce back from that. So they do need some tight end depth, and, and they got, I think, some good mid-round tight ends. They added a corner later in the draft. So overall, I like their draft. I would give it an A. Uh, that seems to be a consensus from a lot of people, but I think the later picks might not be, I guess, what I would have thought they would go, but I still like the picks. There you go. Now we'll go look at the Steelers. We air the Steelers sometimes on the station when we have time. Steelers draft in the round in round one. Pickett. Then they get George Pickens out of Georgia. That'll be a pretty interesting combo if they both get on the field at the same time and are throwing to be, you know, Pickens throwing to Pickens. Be a interesting way to say it. Uh, they get a D end to Pickens and Pittsburgh touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> they get a D end in the third, a wide receiver in the fourth, and they draft in the sixth round. They draft a fullback. Um, is that Cam Hayward? It brother? is. So they have four brother combos on their team that's an interesting thing uh and then that pick was from kansas city and then the seventh round they got a pick from the jets they picked mark robinson a linebacker out of Ole miss and then in the seventh round they added another quarterback out of south dakota state i'm not even gonna attempt to say his last name chris ola doken i guess i can attempt to say it that sounds right with the rg3 kirk cousins strategy there well yeah but not really (laughs) not really but if he was in the third round yeah there you go uh but that seems like a pretty good draft for them they got the quarterback and you know they got a couple of receivers and uh, it seems like it was a very offensive focused draft they only drafted two guys on the defense yeah and really that was kind of expected i think for pittsburgh their defense is getting a little bit older uh, and they maybe had a few needs they needed to address, but not a ton. It's still one of the best defenses in the league. So uh, you had Pickett. Um, I thought you could have probably waited, and as we saw on draft night or over the weekend, you really could have waited on the quarterback position because none of them went in the second round. Um, so I don't know if Pickett would have gone you know, first round if, if they would have passed on him or not, but it definitely seemed like teams weren't really – uh, in desperate need to reach on quarterbacks like they typically are. So that was interesting. Um, but overall, I think the Steelers had a solid draft. Uh, I like Pickens. I think he's a solid receiver. They always draft really good receivers, um, it seems like. So I'm sure it'll work out well for them. And then they get some decent guys in the middle rounds that could work out. So Pittsburgh always drafts well. I'd probably give them a B, a solid B, uh, just because I don't – love the first round pick and Kenny Pickett even though I do think they need a quarterback behind Trubisky I just don't know how good he'll be uh, based on what we saw I mean he's a five year starter at Pitt really only had one good season it could be similar to what we saw with Joe Burrow I mean he was not even a starting quarterback at Ohio State transfers to LSU he was terrible there his first year and then he was great the last year 
And he's been a pretty solid NFL quarterback. Mm, taking I'd his, say better than taking solid. his team Almost to the Super Bowl point, so. in the second season, coming off of an ACL injury. Pretty yeah. good. We'll see on Pickett. I, I don't know if it will be as good as Burrow, but I think he could be pretty good for them. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But we've got to hit the break. Segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store. Any longer, Cabinets and Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, and his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. Second round began last night for some teams, and uh, we'll discuss that in tonight's games as well. After this two-minute break, you're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. My thoughts to bark like hounds, I focus on my breathing. Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Trips Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at tripsfloorsanding.com. It's almost spring, and that means golf. I'm Ron Springer, head golf professional at The Woods. Due to its overwhelming success, I'm happy to announce the 6th Annual Tournament Champions. If you've ever considered a golf tournament to raise funds for your organization, now's the time to get on board. Golf tournaments are fun, exciting, and profitable. The Tournament Champions adds to all that and more. For additional information, please call me at 304-754-7222 or visit our website at thewoods.com. Have fun and benefit the community. For every parent with a child entering pre-K through 7th grade, we invite you to consider Airborne Christian Academy. Enrolling your student in a Christian school, it's never been more affordable. With a WV Hope Scholarship offering $4,300 per year per student. And if you've been hoping for alternative ways for your child to flourish academically while remaining true to your faith, we want to partner with you. Check out all the details at airborne.church forward slash school now back to the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 welcome back to this monday May 2nd edition of the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 spencer winning verzellini and Colin McLaughlin hanging out with you today. Here is, it's now May instead of it's going to be May. It is May. You know, you're, yeah, you get that, Colin? Yes, we get it. Your accent for it's just weird. It's going to be May. All right. Well, May 1st, yesterday, NBA playoffs second round began game one of the East semifinals between the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, we'll start there because I know Colin's not not in the best moods because of it. Yeah, Boston just uh, did not look well at all in that first game. Kind of 
were playing like they did there in uh, December. They need to figure some things out if they want to make this a uh, competitive series, and I feel like they will, but when you drop one at home, you're never happy with that, and if they go down too well, then I'll really start to be worried. Anything, Nick? It was 101-89 loss for the Celtics to the Bucks. Bucks now lead one nothing. The other game had the Warriors narrowly defeating the Grizzlies to take a one nothing series lead. 117-116. Both teams scored 26 in the fourth quarter as it looks like uh, the Warriors had to make the comeback in that one. Yeah, Jordan Poole played uh, incredible basketball, scored 31 points, and you know, he really should have been the uh, most improved player this year. I was pretty surprised that he wasn't even a nominee for it, but you know, that's another conversation. And uh, his 31 definitely helped the team. Draymond Green got kicked out, so that didn't help. And uh, obviously, I think he'll serve a suspension for that. So uh, that could play a big factor down the stretch. I mean, Green's defense, his playmaking ability is always a big part of successful Warrior teams. So it's definitely going to be a competitive series. I think it goes six games. Uh, Golden State will take it. But uh, Memphis is a really tough team. They, they are. have played close games all playoffs. So they are going to give a team like Golden State a fight. This isn't your typical Golden State team in terms of they're not as powerful as they once were with Klay Thompson not being quite the same as, as he was before the injury or injuries, I should say, but who is after back-to-back season-ending injuries. So they're still got uh, one of the best players in the world in Steph Curry. So Golden State will find a way to win, but I I do think Memphis is going to keep most of the games close, and it's going to continue to be that way. But the Warriors do have a little bit to be worried about with Green getting suspended, and uh, I guess just that in general, and Memphis is going to continue to fight, but it they still found a way to win game one, which that experience helps out. And uh, having Jordan Poole really take off this year has been huge. And uh, so there's only two first, second round games last night or yesterday. Uh, two tonight, 730 on TNT, 76ers and the Heat in the East semifinals. And at 10 p.m. also on TNT, Mavericks and Suns in the West semifinals. Uh, for the first game, Miami is favored by seven and a half there uh it should be a, a good series i think well it'll be interesting now that uh Embiid is out indefinitely oh, yeah, so out, my, yes. miami i feel like uh might have the edge might have a the edge or even a bigger edge now i, I thought it was going to be really competitive but we'll have to see how hard and uh can pick up the slack of uh, Embiid, and honestly, I, I don't think he can, and I think the Heat roll in this one easily now if he's out for the uh, entire series. Yeah, I mean, you're missing an MVP caliber player in Joel Embiid, who's uh, you know provided so much for this team this year, and really every time he's on the floor provides a lot, so not having him definitely gives Miami a big advantage in the series obviously the Sixers still have talent around Harden they have Tobias Harris who can step up and score but I just don't see them competing with a team like Miami who you know seven or eight guys that could be a leading scorer on any given night they have a lot of talent on their team I do think the Heat win this series now probably in five games I think Harden's good enough if he can have a really great night to get a win for the 76ers but I don't think he's really played without Embiid this year in Philly so it'll be interesting to see how this offense runs with James Harden being 
the main option completely. Because at this point in his career, it almost seems like Harden is the number two to Embiid, which it's never really been that way for James. Um, he's early since he left OKC originally and became like a star player. Uh, you know, he's always been really the number one guy in Brooklyn. You know, they all could have been the number one guy at any given night. So I'm interested to see how the 76ers maybe change the offense a little bit. But uh, just without Embiid on paper, it looks like Miami's going to win this in probably four or five games. There you go. Uh, what about the Mavericks and Suns? Well, I I think the Suns or win the Mavericks and Suns, Suns favored in the first game by 5.5. Sorry, I forgot to do that. I think Luka will make it competitive, but overall I think Phoenix probably wins it in five or six, especially if they're going to get Booker eh. back. If Booker's back, I feel like the Suns roll in this one in again, maybe even four, maybe five. I don't think it would go a six or seven, honestly. Yeah, it just depends on They played on one well in that last back. series to obviously get the win, but I feel like the Suns, once Booker's back, they're going to be unstoppable in that series. You think they're going to be unstoppable in that series? Interesting. Well, really, you look at Dallas and their, their team is just Luka. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he makes a lot of players better than what they are, but you know, you get Devin Booker back, this Phoenix team at full health is the best team in the league by far. So, you know, a team like Dallas, who's a solid team, but they're just not as good. I mean, a team like Milwaukee, yeah, six, seven games for sure. Uh, even Miami or Philly, if they were playing the Suns, you know, six, seven games, but Golden State probably too. But a team like that is really just one man team that elevates the rest of the players. It's just not very likely to go. I think six or seven as a fully healthy Suns yeah. team. I would definitely agree with you on that. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online or the Axel Auto app, and they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk uh, some. Nats nose and uh, some NHL playoffs. That's after this two-minute break. You're tuning the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. 
Looking for some nightlife? Then look no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your May 2nd, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or you can stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as we wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. The NHL playoffs begin tonight. Uh, we'll kind of get into that, I guess, a little bit quickly before we talk uh, Nats and O's and the Caps playoff series. Uh, but uh, playoffs in the NHL getting going tonight, 7 p.m. in the East first round, Bruins and Hurricane, Hurricanes. I'm going to do that forever just because you have a Hurricane West Virginia. Uh, that is on ESPN. ESPN 2 at 7.30, Lightning and Maple Leaves also in the East first round. The 9.30 p.m. ESPN is Blues and Wild for the West first round. Also West first round at 10 p.m. ESPN2 has King the Kings versus the Oilers. So those matchups here. And um, then tomorrow, the Caps obviously playing the uh, Panthers, 7.30 ESPN2. 7 p.m. ESPN is Penguins and Rangers. So the two East first round there. And then the two West first round, 9.30 ESPN. Um Predators versus Avalanche, then 10 p.m. on ESPN2 is Stars versus Flames. Uh, so I believe ESPN gets the rights. I don't know if they get the rights to all the playoffs or all the first-round games. I'm not too sure how that – I haven't looked how that works, but uh, should be a good NHL playoffs this year, Colin. Yeah, it should be. Uh, I think that, obviously, the Capitals kind of got a tough draw. Yeah, but with, they did uh, that to themselves. Florida, because, yeah, as you said, they did it to themselves. They had the opportunity to uh, jump the Penguins in the standings multiple times there towards the end of the season, but it didn't work out, and here we are now with them facing uh, the best team, arguably, in the uh, NHL. So I- I'm not feeling too confident in the uh, Caps' chances this series, but hopefully they prove me wrong, but... Right now, I got them losing in five to Florida. We are hopefully tomorrow going to be joined by a friend of the show, Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington, a writer for the Caps. 
Uh, he today, I believe, is en route to Florida for the series. Uh, so we'll hopefully get him on the show tomorrow. Just depends on what the team's practice schedule is. Uh, but he'll let me know later today about that. So it'll be good to talk to him as he's traveling to this. He'll be traveling for the whole series uh, and I believe all the playoffs as well. So that's pretty good. We'll talk to him tomorrow. But now let's get to the MLB. The Nationals finally won a series, guys. They beat the Giants on Friday. Big. Uh, let me pull up the score here. Uh, they beat them. I, I don't know. I looked at the score and I said they needed to save some runs. They won 14 to four on Friday night, a late night ball game there. Then on Saturday they lost nine to three and then they won the rubber match yesterday, 11 to five. Some good pitching over the weekend for the Nationals. Um, I believe yesterday it was um, who pitched for them yesterday. Now I have to look here. It was Josiah Gray went six innings, allowing a hit. Four walks and three strikeouts, no runs there. Uh, so he's looking pretty good now as he's about three, four starts in. Yeah, he's been a solid starter since you've acquired him or since the Nationals. You had nothing to do with it. Um, you acquired him. That. <laughs> That's I fair. I don't, I don't know what there. Spencer does with the Nationals organization. but Nothing uh, for the record. You know, since they acquired him from the Dodgers, he's starting to pick it up. I think he'll be... Eventually, probably a three-four starter in the rotation. I think uh, he'd be number two, maybe. Uh, he doesn't eat up a ton of innings, so that's my concern with yeah. him. He usually only goes like five innings. So you know, nowadays that is kind of the norm. Um, but I just don't know if he'll he'll be an elite pitcher in this league. But he is a solid pitcher to have on your team, and uh, Washington certainly. I think likes that trade. I don't know if they won it completely, but the Dodgers didn't go on to win the World Series, and Scherzer and Turner are no longer there. Or Turner's still there. Yeah, but Turner's still there. Scherzer's not. So overall, I think you know Washington getting that win in the series is good for them. And uh, I don't really know. I guess Masson being Masson being there might have helped. Uh, who knows? I don't know. But uh, they are now eight and sixteen on the season. They got a day off today. They face the Rockies in Colorado for a three game series starting tomorrow, eight forty p.m. I do not believe we'll pick those games up. I think we're going to pick up the Caps playoff games uh, after our games are over with. Uh, but how about the Orioles? How are they doing? They had a big weekend at home. Colin, Colin went to the game there. yesterday. I went to the game yesterday. He didn't even tell us he was going to the game. Yeah, I did. Oh, I don't remember. Just that. didn't listen. I knew, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, they got the win. I didn't stay the entire time because of the uh, rain delay and being a hour and a half, two hour drive home. We're like, by the time we make it home, the rain delay will be over, so we can just tune in however we want to once we uh, get home and have dinner. That's not. 20 bucks each <laughs> so <laughs> okay for what it's worth there but had some fun uh got to see the new outfield wall there at camden yeah, yards what's your thoughts, it, what's your thoughts? Let's it, it's your definitely thoughts. weird and it kind of kept the orioles away from a grand slam there but they won they won so i was happy beat boston in the series so that helps and they're competing. Got to see Odor's first home run as an Oriole, and it was an absolute bomb. So that was pretty good, and we'll go from there. I feel like it. at first it wasn't really the Orioles beating Boston. It was Boston beating themselves, having a lot of guys left on base. But eventually the Orioles were getting the hits together, especially there in the uh, fifth and sixth innings where they got most of their runs. 
Yeah, right. and rosters get down to, I think, 26 today. I no, believe. I think they upped it in the end of the month. I think they have to get it down to 26 today because no, the O's have been making some moves. Oh, I thought the MLB's – I thought they met and they said that they were going to keep the roster up for the month of May. Well, 26 is still normal or higher than the normal 25, or That's at least true. the old 25. I don't know when what the actual – roster sizes now because it seems like it changes every month yeah all right well i guess i was wrong there i don't know something changed i thought they were maybe pushing to keep it for the month maybe they didn't get it but uh that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix thanks to grant paulson of 106.7 the fan for hopping on with us giving us some time in his busy schedule talking the commander's draft that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix for colin mclaughlin nick verslini i'm spencer Pui saying so long we'll be back tomorrow 1208 or tonight 6 40 p.m as berkeley springs plays martinsburg that'll do it for today's edition we